Hello, I'm Sarah Vine, and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Metal Plus. I'm joined this week, as every week, by my friend and co-host, Imogen Edwards-Jones. Imogen, mm. hello. How are you? How are you? Yes, well, we're back. We're back. We weren't going to be back, but now we are back. I know, we've been uncancelled. Uncancelled. Which is very exciting. Um, yes. And I hope it's worth it. I mean, the poor listeners, gosh. <laughs> yes, well, I'm very excited about... Mother's Day. Are you? I hate those things. So do I, obviously. I, I mean, I don't. It's it's embarrassing and awful and, and pointless. And it used to be Mothering Sunday anyway. It was a church thing in the olden days. Yes, yes. I'm, it yes, was when you went back to your original church. So it was the idea that you made a pilgrimage back to the church where you were baptised. So is your that mother, what it's from? As in your mother church. Yeah, that's, really? Yeah, it's, not, it's got nothing to do with mothers. I did not know that. No, it's absolutely all made up by the internet. Oh. So my very nice husband said to me, do you want to go out for lunch Lunchy. on lunch? Yeah. And I just said, I don't think I want no. to sit with a whole load of slightly sweaty, ah, miserable-looking women. Yes. But also, that's it. You're all out there trying to have super jolly time. Such fun. The children just would like to be doing Playing TikToks Nintendo. Yeah. Or playing Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, everyone buys you flowers that you don't really want. Mm. And then they upsell you champagne. Yes. Would you like some Prosecco for no. the lady? Oh, Mother's yeah. Day. Oh, it's so nice of you. Yes. Have you been bought breakfast in bed? No. No, I haven't. I don't, I don't some, eat breakfast because I'm trying daffodils. not to be fat. Because <laughs> I've got any daffodils. <laughs> Yes. No. Initially, they do mimosa. I do actually quite like mimosa. It's yes, quite I a know, pretty but flower. then I just get puffy and pink and, and smelly. I'm pissed mm. <laughs> at about two o'clock. Like mothers, in fact. <laughs> puffy and pissed. Pink. <laughs> puffy, pink, and pissed by two o'clock. Yes, I don't like these things. I mean, they're just guilt trips, really. Yeah. And I think they make people. The other thing that I really hate now is that because we now live in the woke year, in the woke mm. times, is that in about February, you start to get messages saying from, you know, all the terrible internet websites you've mm. signed up for accidentally because you pressed the wrong button going, mm. would you like us not to mention Mother's Day? Oh, shut up. D- don't you get those? No. No, no, we're aware that Mother's Day may be painful triggering. for some people. Triggering. <laughs> if you would like to opt out of our Mother's Day emails, press here. <gasps> I have not. You're on the wrong website. <laughs> I get so many of those. Oh, my goodness. No, I haven't got that. No, the only thing I have noticed is just so many adverts for perfumes oh, and, yeah. and chocolates. Yeah, it's like Christmas, really. It's like, it's like Christmas yeah. all over again. Yeah. It's, I mean, there was an onslaught last yeah. week of, you know, lots of very pretty women. If you women. could have one present for Mother's Day, what would you actually like? Would you like to... Like, I, I would like everyone to go out. And leave me on my own. What a brilliant plan. Yeah, I would like to lie in bed and read the newspapers. On my own. Yes. And not have, and have to eat anything. Not have anyone texting me going, Mother, mother, where are you? Mother, yeah. why don't you love me? Yes. Oh. No, I'd like I'd like some cottage cheese <laughs> on <laughs> little cottage cheese sandwich and an apple. And I'd like to have to not worry about a meal. Yes. That's what I would like. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. We're just going to, I'm just going to eat a bit of old goat's cheese. Yeah. And, and, and I don't old... want a bloody bath with bloody rose no, oil in it, with no, candles. No, I don't. No. no. I don't want any of that. <laughs> I want to I be might... allowed to walk around in my pyjamas. Yes. Or I might go for a brisk walk on my own mm. and not have to drag a dog or a child with me. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'd like that's to do. That's what mothers may, really want. Yeah. They want everyone... To go away. Yes. <laughs> anyway, coming up on today's show... <laughs> that was quite rude, I think. Do you think? Yes. Um, Do you think we're really grumpy? Do you think we're really grumpy? Coming up on today's show. Should transgender athlete Leah Thomas have won the highest US National College swimming title in the female category? Oh, yes I wonder. No. Mm. And we will be talking between seasons face with Hannah Betts. But mm-hmm. first, Che Bowskill 
who bundled his girlfriend, Angel Lynn, into a van before she fell out and was seriously and catastrophically injured. Mm. This is a horrible story. Has had his seven and a half year sentence increased to 16 years and three months by the Court of Appeals Mm. judge, which I think is very sensible. Mm. The case involved coercive control, but what is it? So we're joined now by Ruth Davison, CEO of Refuge. Hi, Ruth. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for joining us. This is the most appalling case. I mean, the poor girl has been left in a terrible state. And it's extraordinary that he got seven and a half years. I think you're absolutely right. It's an appalling, appalling case. Her injuries are absolutely catastrophic. Mm. And I think the fact that his sentence was so light at the start really demonstrates that domestic abuse is not taken as seriously as it should be taken. Mm. Lenient sentences in this kind of case sends a very dangerous message, both to perpetrators and to survivors of domestic abuse. Mm. And we have to start taking it more seriously. So it's welcome that the sentence has been extended. You know, she'd been in a relationship with him for sort of a year, hadn't she? And it hadn't been an easy one. And they'd had an argument and he had said, I hate you. And she sort of quite reasonably walked away and then he just grabbed her. Yeah, you can see and there's then, video footage of so, it, isn't there? I mean, what kind, of a, what kind of a sort of, I mean, you know, what sort of person does something like that? I mean, how do they end up being that kind of, where does that abuse come from? I think it's very hard to know what drives an abuser to abuse someone. Mm. Ultimately, it's about their desire to have power and Mm. control over another person. And coercive control particularly is poorly understood. It is a criminal offence in its own right. You're correct that this perpetrator was, was convicted of it. And coercive control is when someone who you have a close personal connection to, in this case, a boyfriend, Mm. repeatedly behaves in a way that makes you feel controlled or Mm. scared or isolated. It's part of a pattern of abuse and ultimately it is designed to control why someone gets joy or pleasure from doing that, I think, is beyond my comprehension. But it is what drives a perpetrator mm. to abuse well, another what person. Are the, what are the signs of coercive control? I mean, if you know, yeah. we've both got sort of teenage daughters. I mean, but it's what quite we weird because you, you can end up sort of sleepwalking into that mm. situation without really noticing. It's a small. It starts off quite small, doesn't it? Mm. Often, you're absolutely right. It's a pattern of behaviour. That's probably the most critical thing. And so one or two indicators in and of themselves, you may dismiss. Mm. Some of the warning signs is your partner telling you what to wear, Mm. where to go, who you can see, constantly putting you down and or playing mind games that make you doubt your own judgment and doubt your own confidence. Mm. So we talk a lot about gaslighting within the context of domestic abuse and love bombing, you know, being very effusive and full of praise one moment and then hypercritical the next. Mm. So that you're constantly disorientated in the relationship and you start to doubt your own confidence and judgment. I think it can feel like you're walking on eggshells. Mm. You can feel frightened and intimidated and you can certainly feel confused and uncertain of whether your perspective is what's really happening. It's also quite difficult to leave, isn't it? I think a lot of people, people always say, well, why didn't she walk away from him? He was clearly a disaster to start off with. You know, why was she still there a year later or six years later or... Uh, I think, 20 years Or 20 later, years later. Often, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think people underestimate how powerful the role play is, I suppose. I think that's completely right. One in four women in England and Wales will be affected by domestic abuse in their lifetime. It's really very, very widespread. And I think we are very quick to victim blame and to judge women for being Mm. in these situations. But if you are isolated by your partner, if your own judgment and confidence are undermined, it can be very, very difficult to leave. And even if you know or suspect that something is wrong, it's an incredibly brave decision to Mm. leave. You may have children to think about. Your whole life you may have to walk away from to stay safe. Sometimes... People often think of domestic abuse as violence, sort of constant mm. violence, you know, mm. the sort of classic 
being beaten up. But actually, coercive control is a type of mental violence, really, isn't it? And it leaves the victim so confused about who they are mm. and what they should do. And it really hollows, it takes away their whole confidence mm. and their whole personality. In this case, Angel, he didn't beat her up. You know, he wasn't violent to her, was he? He was just mentally violent to her. Um, in this situation, from what I understand, yes, the main component mm. of the domestic abuse was coercive control and emotional abuse, mm. which then led to kidnapping and obviously yeah. the tragic incident that's left her so mm. so um, damaged. I think the primary message from us as Refuge is that if you think something is not right, mm. if your partner is changing their behaviour towards you or you feel you have to change your behaviour around your partner... Mm then perhaps something isn't right. We will believe you. Yeah. You're not alone. You can reach out to us for support. We run the 24-hour-a-day National Domestic Abuse Helpline, and we have a digital chat line that you can contact. Mm. Support is available, and check in with us. Check in with mm. someone to get some perspective, because if it feels not right and if you feel unsafe, then you're definitely not alone, and we would want to help you. I mean, some coercive abuse doesn't always result in the terrible thing that happened to Angel, and, and I think sometimes it can just be years and years and years of gradually having your confidence chipped away mm. and I think for a lot of women it's that fear of well, what do I do you know they've you, well, being on your being own, on your own is, but yeah. also also they've turned you into you feel like you're nothing useless like, yeah. you feel like you're useless I mean I was actually having a conversation with a girlfriend the other day and she said I, you know I just don't have any value mm. I can't see what my value would be What's on my own me? Yeah. it's so hard when you've had all of your confidence taken mm. away from you over a period of time I completely agree. The physical violence connected to domestic abuse is better understood and more mm. widely spoken yeah. about. But this destruction of someone's self-confidence of their identity, mm. of their social networks and their friendship groups mm. by controlling mm. who they see, it can rob a woman of who she is and leave her feeling she has absolutely no worth as well as no power and no choices. Mm. It's just not true. And Refuge's work every single day is to try and help women take back control of their own lives, you know, re-empower them mm. to lead their own lives, to live in freedom from fear and violence, which no one should ever be subjected to. Has lockdown affected the number of people contacting you? Yes, absolutely. Through the first lockdown, we saw demand exponentially leap for our services. We went from handling around 3,500 calls a month to around 7,000. Wow. And that's stabilised slightly now. The rate of growth has stopped, but we're stabilising at a new higher level than we've ever seen before in terms of demand for our services. And that's just the National Domestic Abuse mm. Helpline. So we know that it was a terrifying time for women. If you're locked in, yeah. you know, it was frustrating for all of us to be trapped, but to be locked in with someone who is actively trying to harm you mentally and or physically yeah. was terrifying. What is the effect on children in these mm. cases? Do you find that you see a lot of children coming to, to you for help? Yes, absolutely. Two out of three of the residents in all of the refuges that we run are children. Mm. Um, children were recognised in law around a year ago as part of the Domestic Abuse Act as victims in their own right. But that's the first time they've legally been recognised as right. directly suffering as opposed to witnessing or being bystanders to mm. abuse. The abuse committed by a perpetrator has a devastating effect, not just on the partner, but on the entire family. Mm. And that's one of the big barriers to leaving for a woman. You know, does she want to try and take her children away? And will mm. those children be safe if she tries to flee from the partner? You know, constantly making risk assessments about what's best and safest for her children is always front of mind to the women that we speak to. But also, of course, you know, if you're in a situation where a person is very manipulative, they might, you know, turn the children against you and then you mm. end up having to walk away from your kids, which for any woman oh, is pretty yeah. difficult. Yeah, I think most women would rather stay in a suboptimal situation than live without their children. Mm. 
of course, no one wants to put their children through more trauma, mm. to see their children torn apart as pawns in, in a fight or to, to do anything that would increase risk to their children. Mm. So that is a very real barrier. As you say, in Angel Lynn's case, she was only a teenager herself, mm. but domestic abuse affects all women of all ages. As I said at the start, one in four women in their lifetime will experience domestic abuse. Mm. So it's not a particular group. It's not a particular category or age of woman who is affected. And really, really important to do things like this podcast today to raise awareness mm. of some of the less understood forms of abuse like coercive control because they are just as dangerous and damaging. What are the sort of steps that someone can take if they feel that they're in this situation? I mean, practically, what can they do? I think the biggest thing I would say, the overriding message for me is that Refuge is here for you. Mm. You can have free, totally confidential support from us any time of day, any day of the week, 24 hours a day. Mm. You can call the National Domestic Abuse Helpline. It's 0808 2000 And our specialist advisors will work with you. Whether you are in immediate danger and need to flee now and need access to a refuge, or whether you want a conversation about what's happening in your relationship and whether it's acceptable or not, we can advise you at every stage of the journey. One of the worst aspects of coercive control is the isolation. Mm cutting women off from their friends, cutting them off from their family, cutting them off from people will say, well, that's not okay, no. you know, and help the woman refine the confidence to make a choice that is safer for her. We can do that for you. So if you are worried, if you feel unsafe, if you feel you are only okay in your relationship, if you have to very carefully manage your own behaviour, mm. then I would suggest you call us. Yes. Do you have any men calling you? We support women and children. There's another organisation called Respect mm -hmm. that supports men and they have a similar helpline for male victims. Um, so absolutely, I'd encourage men mm -hmm. who find this conversation difficult and think this is happening to me, they should call Respect, absolutely, and Respect will support them. Brilliant. That was Ruth Davison, the CEO of Refuge. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a proclamation recognising runner-up Emma Wayant as the winner of the highest US National College swimming title, an event she lost to transgender athlete Leah Thomas. Mm. We're joined now by feminist campaigner Julie Bindle, who has said that such events mark the death of women's sports. Hi, Julie. Hi. So the controversy around Leah Thomas has been building for about two months now. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the latest thing that I read about her was, is that her teammates say that she wanders around the changing room with all her tackle out. Yes, um, I've read that, yeah. And that they feel kind of a bit sort of intimidated and they don't really like it. And the truth is that she has gone through male puberty and is, you know, about twice the size of everybody else. Mm. And she is in women-only spaces, not just the changing room, but also the sport. Yes, it's a huge problem. And whether or not we are, rightly so, as we should be, supportive of transgender rights and the rights of individual trans people, we have to look at this as it being grossly unfair to female athletes. And we know all the science behind it, or at least we should about male muscle mass, about lung capacity, about strength and the like. And people will say things such as, well, what about a, a woman who's very tall? What about a six foot two female? Because, of course, they do exist, mm. rare, but they do exist, competing against a weaker five foot eight man. But that doesn't, it doesn't work like that, does it? Because you actually get to the point in your sporting career where you are top of your game and then you compete. Mm. And then someone like Leah Thomas comes along and, of course, wins hands down because of the male physiology. Mm. So what I would like to see is that men welcome trans women with open arms 
into their sporting competitions and arenas and that women don't have to take the slack, which mm. actually will mean the end of women's professional competitive sports and, in fact, amateur competitive sports. So what I would like to see is an option for trans people and men and women to go into a mixed competition, mm. because I'm telling you this, no woman would choose to do that. No. And that male athletes are told that they cannot discriminate against trans members mm. of their team. And if Leah Thomas wishes to wear a female swimming suit and identify as female, despite the fact that we know he is physiologically uh, is a natal male, mm. then so be it. What yeah. a brilliant idea. <laughs> I love it. The, it's like the idea of throwing the buck back. The Because it's always female spaces that seem to be invaded. It never seems to be the other way around. Absolutely. And why on earth should women be the ones to suffer the consequences? Yeah. Now, sport is one thing. But if we look at, say, the work I do as a feminist campaigner to end male violence, mm. where I've done lots of work with women who've been incarcerated mm. um, through being victimised and who perhaps have defended themselves, mm. who've been serving life sentences in prison, who themselves have had a history of abuse, often from childhood, yeah. certainly the abuse that led to their offending. Mm. Why should they be the ones... In prison, being scared and intimidated by the likes of Karen White, mm. a male sex offender, oh, including of children, Ugh. who ended up sexually assaulting mm. women in prison when Karen White was deemed to be mm. suitable to be on a female prison mm. wing, despite the fact that he's a natal male mm. sex offender. Now, that's not saying that all men, all trans women, because of course they are natal males, mm. are sex offenders. It's saying enough of them are mm. for us to have fought over the decades as feminists for our own single sex spaces, such mm. as domestic violence, refugees, hospital uh, wards and the like, and to fight for and gain sex-based rights mm. legislatively. Now, I mean, they are all in danger of being of taken being away lost. from us if mm. we include trans women. I mean, the thing is, is that I think that most trans women feel equally strongly about this because yes. they don't want themselves represented by these sorts of people either. I agree. And yeah. the truth is that it doesn't matter whatever cross-section of society you take, there will always be a few very bad apples who will behave appallingly. And the problem is, is that we've allowed situation where they can take advantage. I wrote, in fact, on Sunday, Baroness Nicholson, I'm sure you're familiar with her work, stood up in the House of Lords and told the story of a woman who was raped in a single-sex ward in hospital oh, yes. by a trans woman mm. who was an intact male. And when she reported the rape, she was told that the rape couldn't have happened because there was no male on the ward. Mm. But there was a male on the ward and the CCTV and witnesses proved it. Proved it. Mm. And it's just, it's sort of Alice in Wonderland situation where we're being asked to believe an impossible thing. And like I said, I'm sure most trans people would not want to be associated with this sort of thing. So I do think it's, we do need to work out what, how we're going to safeguard these important female spaces. And people like Nicola Sturgeon, who are just caving in I don't think they really understand the issues. Do you think she understands the issues? I think most people understand the issues, but they choose whether or not they're going to live a safe life mm -hmm. and not be bullied and harassed and maligned, as I have been since 2004 when I first spoke yeah. up publicly about this, or whether they are going to be brave and principled and speak out and say, you actually can 
defend and support the rights of trans people without throwing women's rights under mm. the bus. And it's pure cowardice and pure hypocrisy, I think. She knows fine well what a woman is. Mm. The only reason why we want women-only spaces, single-sex spaces for girls and women, and sex-based rights is because of male violence. Yeah. I don't think any of us would care if we were sharing no. a changing room with a person who has a bit of bristle hanging down in between his legs, if it wasn't used as a weapon against us, if mm. rape wasn't so commonplace, if men stopped killing us, beating us, mm. and, and otherwise abusing us, sexually harassing us in the workplace. Now, it's not to say that all men do this. It's to say that enough men do this mm. for us to have our own spaces, which mm. we fought for. What I would say to the likes of Nicola Sturgeon, Keir Starmer, and all of those that say they don't know what a woman is, is that they should be encouraging and supporting trans women to do exactly what feminists did mm. back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s, which is build their own refuges, rape crisis lines, mm. and the like. And, and in fact, we should have provision for those trans women that are at risk of male violence because it's not feminists like me that go around uh, attacking no. trans women. It's men, the it's same men. men that would yeah. come up to me because it I'm is. a lesbian or yeah. an outward feminist or whatever. So they should have their own spaces. Yeah. Stop encroaching on ours. Do you think women's sport should metaphorically grow a pair and say, listen, come on, enough is enough? Because it seems to be that they're all, everyone's sitting there tacitly. Mm. When I don't understand why well, these women sport. are still sw swimming. Well, I mean, it only takes one mm. and then everyone else follows. I think. I mean, it's quite hard. I mean, I do think, I mean, for example, I kind of, I really admire Caitlyn Jenner. Who, so course, do I, for, yeah. For saying, actually, this is not okay. I do think that what we need is for trans women to mm. start standing up for women, mm. you know, in the way that Caitlyn Jenner does. Do you think that would help, Judy? Yeah, I just think that we've been speaking out about this for a long time and it's only mm. really since organisations such as Women's Place UK, Fair Play for Women and Others mm. decided to be very active and unite as a women's liberation movement and speak out in large numbers. When I started speaking out back in the early 2000s, I was pretty much a lone voice. There were one or two outside of the UK, mm. mainly in academia. But in terms of feminists, what happened to me when I was deplatformed, attacked, maligned and the like, stopped from going on university campuses, was it served as a warning to other women mm. that that would happen to them if they spoke out too? Well, slowly that changed. Mm. It absolutely does need others to speak out. It needs men to speak out mm. too, because this is a terrible threat to women's autonomy and to the the feminist achievements that we've gained over the decades. Mm. But I just think we have to also stand back and look at how many of us have spoken out, mm. how many have lost their jobs as a result, all those women whose names we will never know who have been punished for mm. speaking out, and we need government ministers. We need people in positions of well, I mean, power I mean, the to say the, the, these women need to be protected for speaking out. Yeah, I mean, the Prime Minister yesterday in the House of Commons was asked a question, and he was very clear in his response, wasn't he? Well, I didn't hear that. And of course, there are some that will be clear and say mm. uh, a woman is an adult human female yeah. who has rights. I mean, he the said it's a simple equality. question of biology, which I thought was very brave of him, actually. Well, you know, I just think, yes, but where have we 
got to where it's brave to say a woman is oh, an adult human female agree. and that biology matters. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, as I, I think I said in a column a few months ago, the bar has been set so low mm. we would flummox a world champion limbo dancer. Mm. You know, we need this to be just common parlance mm. that women have our rights we need them while men are still raping and killing us, sexually harassing us, sexually abusing us. And we need men to support that because, of course, most men don't do this. Mm. And we also need to be defended and protected in law mm. as well as, you know, in within wider society. When we do speak out, because at the moment, the majority of women are still scared, mm. understandably, to mm. stand up and say this. Thank you. Well, we're not in this booth. Yeah. um but no thank you for all the work you do and it must have been very lonely place back in the early i don't think most of us realize this was happening no that's the thing julie i think it's taken us all it's sort of slightly taken us all by surprise really Mm. hasn't Mm. it you know the thing is that at least i'm part of a women's movement Mm. so i had lots of support but unfortunately there were those that stayed silent and would send me emails saying i agree with you but of course i can't speak out well that Mm. isn't in the tradition of feminism we're supposed to be brave we're supposed to be robust Mm. and now of course we've got many many women and some men Mm. who are showing how brave and robust they are by speaking out and taking cases such as the forced data case Mm. and others we've seen what happened to kathleen stock we've seen what happened to the the woman who was sacked from the girl guides for talking about the biological realities Mm. of sex and girls rights and and safety and there are many more women whose names we will never know and we Mm. need to stand up for them thank you very much julie thank you that was feminist campaigner julie bindle the past couple of weeks have seen many tragedies Sorry. Sorry, they have. They have. Yeah. But, but one of them, <laughs> they have. But, but, <laughs> That's what's awful. Yes, they have. Yes. But for poor beauty columnist Hannah Betts, she oh. has been suffering from an acute case of BSF, oh. which is not the same as BRF which or is WTF. Rest face. Oh, She's got between seasons face. <sighs> right. So she joins me to explain this dangerous phenomenon. <laughs> Tell us what's happened. I can't be the only woman who gets it, can I? I mean, basically, it's when your <laughs> complexion has reached its pinnacle of winter soreness and drabness and biscuit-induced collagen collapse. But at that moment, the light changes and you look horrendous. Well, the thing is, is, of course, the great thing about living in Britain is that you have mostly quite good cloud cover most of the year round. <laughs> And then what happens in the spring is that for some reason you get this terrible thing called sunlight. Yes. Which is yes. actually quite rude if you're over it's the age of brutal. 17. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think the same thing happens with our wardrobes, doesn't it? That suddenly oh, yes. you're, you're fine. You're under a large black sweater. Yeah. And then suddenly you look like a kind of vampiric cat burglar. And yes. so both of those things have happened at once. Mm. And I'm not happy. Yeah. And you sort of suddenly, oh, well, in my case, I, I'm reminded that I have a moustache. Oh, yes, always. Which generally I forget about during the winter months because you can't really see it. And yes. Also, one's eyesight is not quite as good as it used to Thankfully. be. Thankfully. Mine's quite David Niven these days. Oh, I David think, Niven. I think mine might be dashing. Oh, the full Niven. Um, mm, that's good. I've got a small gerbil resting, <laughs> resting on my top lip. Um, and also, then, of course, the other thing that the sunlight does is it always highlights the prodoinks. Do you have what, prodoinks? What are they? I don't know why they're called prodoinks. They're just called prodoinks in my family, I think, which is those sort of individual hairs oh. that grow mysteriously on your chin. Oh, a whisker. 
I think like a called. single oh God, whisker. I haven't got those yet. Are they coming? Yes, you get, you'll get pladoinks I... soon. No. And they're called pladoinks because that's the sound they make when you pull them out. Oh, I feel so oh, oh, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> You've really overstepped the mark glamour. there. That's disgusting. Oh, quick glamour. <laughs> Hannah, save us from I'm the pladoink. Pladoinks. <laughs> Oh, I, I can erase from my memory as no, well. No, no, not cutting it. No, you need to know. Tell this. me, what do I do in order to look better, please? Oh God! Well, one thing I did last week when I was most challenged mm. um, was I went onto YouTube, and I couldn't afford to go and see Suman, who is the great facelifter. Mm. But she very kindly has all these videos on YouTube. Mm. And one of them is a massageful morning and night that mm. takes a mere 120 seconds. Mm. And I can't commit to anything. Mm. As we know, it took me until 43 to commit to a human. <laughs> but I can commit to 120 seconds, mm. possibly. Yes. Um, and it really does get everything more Going. erect yes. and less collapsed. So a bit of vigorous facial massage is what you're saying. I've actually seen Suman. Well, She's very, very good. Well, does she push it all up in the it, air? It's, there's just a lot of slapping and pinching. Oh, okay. It's one of those, Matt. It's not, you know... It's, it's brilliant. It, yeah, though, it's really it? brilliant. Suman herself is yeah. two years off her bus pass and looks about 40. <laughs> looks incredible. Wow. The other thing that I find really works is a vigorous exfoliation um, with one of those sort of... You can, Vim. Just, you can buy them in TK Maxx, <laughs> those sort of facial machines that look like sex toys, but actually they're for your face. And what? they have various attachments with rubberized bits on them. Very useful. Like a proper, like you know, a sort of facial massager. You can get them. I mean, they're quite... Specific. I'm not doing that at the moment because my face is too sore. Ah, my I face don't is know why, sore. but it's gone a bit sore. Mm. Um, well, so I'm way? not doing cryo either. Oh, no, don't want. I wouldn't um, do cryo ever. What's cryo? Oh, I, Freezing I like your face. Summer. No. There's a thing I saw on the TikToks where you can put your face in a bucket of ice cold water. Paul Newman used to do that every day, yeah. which is why he was so handsome. Yeah, I think it's quite good for you, <laughs> yes. actually. And wonderful Charlotte Tilbury has a mask that you can yeah. put on. But as I say, at the moment, bit sore. So mm. I'm saving that for the summer. Mm. So I've actually gone back to some tried and tested. So when my face is really collapsing, mm. I will use something like Estee Lauder's Advanced Night Repair, mm. which has been around for 40 years. 700. Um, or Clarin <laughs> Double Serum, mm -hmm. oh. or Lancome Advanced Genifique, or the other one, Shiseido's Ultimune. One of those sort of big selling well-researched, been around for a while, reliable, mm. and they just sort of sort things out. The sort of Volvo um, of face care. <laughs> yes. That's what you're saying. It's like, yes. a, like a Volvo estate of, Volvo face, of care. face care. And what do you do? You put <laughs> that on then and, have a, and then go to bed? Is that what you do? Yes, I'm just interested. What, what point, what, use it in the, the morning. Oh, okay. And it just sort of, and you know, morning and night, and it just basically you're you're throwing money at the situation, mm. and that that does work. Mm. You know, there's a reason why those sell so brilliantly and have fifteen thousand five star reviews. Mm. It's because they do actually get the job done. They're reliable, like a Volvo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Volvo okay, and then do I, Sarah and I were talking about, do you get a plum? Is there a different colour well, one should use in the spring? <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I, you're talking to the wrong person, obviously, because I... Well, well, Imogen and I, of course, every time we talk to you on this podcast, we then skulk off to boots yes. and buy stuff. Well, buy stuff. I bought purple eyeliner Quite last <laughs> week. It hasn't worked. 
I look like an <laughs> ass. Well, can I tell you some exciting news? Yes. Go on then. Um, lovely Charlotte Tilbury has, has cancelled one of her own embargoes for us, so I can write about oh. it on Monday. But she's got some new pillow talk coming out. Mm. And I that's just lips. put it on. And Isn't it's it? so mm. good. That's lips. Well, no, it's an extension. So it, they're basically illuminators. Mm. Um, and there's a mascara that's going to look really good on you, Imo. Um, and it's all out on the sick. <laughs> I love you for that. It won't. It'll look terrible. I, think, I actually think that her foundation, the new foundation that she did last year or whenever it was, is super good. I use that. It is good, isn't it? The other one I'm obsessed with. So I'm using that one now. My skin's a bit sore and it Mm. is excellent. It's called Beautiful Skin Foundation. Mm. The other one I'm obsessed with when my skin is slightly better is the Rosie Huntington Whiteley one, which is extraordinary. Really? Really amazing. Where's that from? Is that Marks and Spencer's? No, you can get it from Space NK. I I have um, her bras from Marks and Spencer's. Yes. Obviously, I look nothing like her in them. (laughs) Right. One lives in hope. <laughs> but can I tell you a couple of cheap new things? Go on, do. Yes. Thank God, yes. That are very good. Yes. Okay, so there's a new concealer by NYX. Have you come mm. across there? Yeah, Superdrug. Yeah. So it's called Bear With Me. Oh. Bear With. And it's a concealer serum. Mm. And I have to say, at this time of year, my usual under-eye serums and under-eye concealers can look a bit clumpy. Mm. This is heaven. Mm. And I think it's a tenner. Oh, yes. Want that. Okay. Yeah. So NYX Bear With Me Mm. Concealer Serum. So good. It's going to be on the page on Monday. Very good. And another eyebrow product for us, Maybelline Tattoo Brow. Its sub-name is Lipstick, and that is what it does. Anyway, they are just glorious, both of those. And the Maybelline is also fairly So the, for the full can Dennis I... Healy, you can get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to Dennis ask you Healy. a question about hair, Hannah. You see, I always, oh. this time of year, I always think I should probably go a bit lighter. Should, what, cut my hair? No, that's colour it. Oh, colour it. Oh, okay. Does one change one's hair colour for summer, spring? <laughs> Well, I believe my learned friend Trini Woodall would say yes. Oh. Very good. Yeah. Yes. She's got a new video on YouTube where she's talking about how she colours her hair and what to do around the hairline. Okay. Okay. And that was rather interesting. I personally, I can't because any time I would ever lighten my hair, it will go ginger. So I don't don't do that. Hmm. Well, but my I hair's all fake, you see. I could just nice. buy some more. Yes. Yeah, you could. You could, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could just add a different, different colour. Yeah. It's a little softer around I think, the yeah, there's sometimes one, you know, there's that sort of wintry sort of hair colour, which is quite sort of heavy around the face in the summer. I've got a sort of power bob at the moment, mm. kind of. Mm. Um, so I've gone quite short. Yeah, that's quite nice. And yeah, I think I think people need to have a haircut in spring. Yes. I always think uh, that's yes. Just hey, something yes. you need to do something with your hair. Yes, very good. Okay, yeah. well, we will bear all that in mind for our between season space. <laughs> Imogen mm. and I have got sort of. I think we're sort of beyond between. I've being... just got crone face, yeah. and that's that. <laughs> I've just, I've just embraced it. Crone face. <laughs> Don't believe a word of it. Get some bear with me concealer serum. Okay, okay we're going to do that. We yes. haven't got a super drug in High Street Kensington. That the nearest one is in Hammersmith. Oh, oh God. Yeah, well, never mind. I think taxi might Maybe be Boots for. does NYX. We'll, we'll, we'll go and have yeah. a look. We'll yeah. go and have a look. Yeah. Um, thank you, Hannah. That was lovely. <laughs> As ever. 
If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. And if you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You've been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah and Imogen. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.